I genuinely wondered, like, if I was really open about my sexuality, how that would go. When the XX was starting, I didn't want to do anything to jeopardise how things were going for us. I was so grateful that people were into the music. And it makes me sad now to think that, but it genuinely was just, you know, I, I think things have changed in, like, the 10, 12 years since we released our first album, and I'm so happy that they have. And when I see newer artists, queer artists coming up now and, like, being really open and empowered, I feel so happy. And that's empowered me to feel more comfortable, just very directly, just say I love her. That's like just how I, what I'd say in my normal life and just embrace that. That was Rami. And this is Shiro's, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women and non-binary folks in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, Shiro's Radio. And this month, we're Shiro's and Queeros, a Pride Month celebration. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. This week, I'm so thrilled to bring you a very special Shiro's and Queeros Pride Hour with Rami of the XX, who just days ago officially announced her solo debut, Mid Air, which is coming out September 8th. The UK singer, songwriter, guitarist, producer, and DJ Rami Madley Croft met her future XX bandmate Oliver Sim when they were just three years old, and they've been best friends ever since. Rami began playing guitar at age 11 and soon was writing hushed songs that, in retrospect, laid the groundwork for the now internationally known song she's co-written with Oliver for the XX for the past 15 years and counting. Together with Jamie Smith, now known as Jamie XX, they became a trio and released their 2009 self-titled debut and immediately captivated critics, catapulting the band to some of the biggest stages and music festivals in the world, also winning them the coveted Mercury Prize within a year of its release. The trio since released two other albums, Coexist in 2012 and I See You in 2017, while Jamie XX also released his Mercury Prize, Brit Award, and Grammy-nominated solo album In Color in 2015. Whatever the members of the XX do, seems they're never far away from one another. Rami and Oliver both co-wrote a couple of songs on that album, and now Jamie co-produced Rami's upcoming solo debut, along with Rami and Fred again. Outside of the XX, Rami's also been doing co-writes with artists like Kalela, Florence and the Machine, Jesse Ware, Dua Lipa, and songs for King Princess and Halsey. Rami's also a DJ, a passion that has its roots in the queer clubs that she and Oliver used to go to as teens. And Rami's new album, Mid Air, is an ode to that music and a celebration of those queer spaces, as well as her most direct and openly queer collection of love songs to date. I invited Rami to curate a playlist for us, as well as joining us to talk about the new album and the journey that's brought her here. I'm so happy to welcome Rami for this very special Shiro's and Queeros Pride Hour. Rami, welcome to Shiro's and Queeros. It is our Pride Month celebration. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. This is a very exciting moment. We're talking about your solo debut album today. Congratulations <laughs> on the big announce. I know this has been a long time coming. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that you're excited too. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's been quite a few years in the making and I'm really happy I can finally talk about it and give a release date. And I can't wait to share more of the music really. So the album announce came with a new song and I wondered, should we start with that new song yeah. today right off the bat? That would be great. Can 
turn up a bit more? Thank you. So the song is called Love Her. This is also the lead track on the new album, Midair. Yes. Yeah, this is the first track on the album. It's really lovely to be able to hear it and like know that it's yours now. It's out. It's like with other people now. It's been on my computer for a long time. And I've always wanted this to be a song that is shared and is for other people to make their own. So it feels like a big moment for me that it finally is. Totally. Yeah. And the timing of it couldn't be better with Pride. And I read somewhere, I want to say it was in The Guardian, maybe, that when you were coming up, you didn't find any queer lesbian music that wasn't just acoustic guitar strummy strummy (laughs) and that you really wanted to make a lesbian love song that reflected more of what you wanted to hear. Yeah, totally. And, you know, that's no disrespect to all of the like amazing acoustic music. I do love that stuff. But like in terms of me and the music I like and the kind of stuff I'm into, I realized when I was like listening to other people's stuff, I didn't really feel that representation in like more like club music. And also the, the rest of the album goes on to sort of continue the theme of being more open about my sexuality. But love her is more direct and I love that about it it's very much I love her you know and and then (laughs) as the album goes on it just weaves it in so the storytelling just the person that I'm referencing in the songs when I'm referencing how I feel emotionally is like she her and that for me is a very natural representation of my life and I just would love to normalize that so that it's not so much a thing you know it's just like you hear the song and it's like yeah that's just who she loves that's how she feels but it's not that's my goal really is like if someone hears it like cool it's not a big deal you know and I know it still is to me a big deal because it's not I don't find that much representation and when I do I feel really excited and I'm really like yeah cool because you know it's still there's still more progress to make I guess but yeah this song Love Her was the first song that I wrote that I was kind of like yeah this song is for me this song is like just a very honest reflection of my relationship songs by the XX that you and Oliver have written over the years are not gender specific. Yeah. So it must feel so liberating, right, to finally do that for yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I think like consciously, Oliver and I really wanted to make the XX music very open. We only ever used I, you, we 
day. And that's also like Oliver and I were sharing the space to say both of our stories. So it kind of helped us fluidly switch between sharing lines in the song. And and it also, I think at that time, Oliver and I, although we were both out in our personal lives, since we've both been like in our teenage years, I think it took us some time to both feel like comfortable to be out in our careers. And I, you know, and I genuinely wondered like if I was really open about my sexuality like how that would go when the XX was starting. I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize how things were going for us. I took that very, I was so grateful that people were into the music. And it makes me sad now to think that, but it genuinely was just, you know, I, I think things have changed in like the 10, 12 years since we released our first album. And I'm so happy that they have. And when I see newer artists, like queer artists coming up now and like being really open and empowered, I just, I feel so happy. And that's empowered me to feel more comfortable just to sort of be very directly just say I love her. That's like just how I, what I'd say in my normal life and just kind of embrace that. You sort of answered my next question, okay. which was what changed for you that made you feel safe to do so now? I think in some ways progress has been made for sure. I also think I've gotten older and feel more comfortable in my own skin, which is something that I would love to have given as a gift to my younger self. Just like mm. this feeling of ease that is ongoing and is never complete. But, you know, I think as I've gotten into my 30s, I have just cared slightly less what people think. Some days more than others. <laughs> and then uh, that's helped me be more comfortable to just be myself. Rami Madley-Croft is here with us on Shiro's and Queero's, a Pride <laughs> Month celebration. I'm Carmel Holt. You gave us a playlist, and I know that the new album, Midair, is somewhat of a love letter to the queer clubs that you grew up going to, you and Oliver went to as teenagers, and there's just so much joy. It's a wonderful space to be in. I know that a lot of this record, and correct me if I'm wrong, was written during pandemic times too, right? When we couldn't gather yep. in clubs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which makes it all the more precious, that kind of sense of appreciation for those spaces. Where should we start today in your playlist? I guess if we're talking about queer clubbing and... A song that takes me back there, I'd probably say the Madonna track that I picked, Get Together. Madonna's album Confessions on the Dance Floor, I think must have come out around the time I started going clubbing. But I definitely remember that album being meaning a lot to me back then and still now. And it is produced by Madonna and Stuart Price, who is a producer that I worked with a lot on all of the albums. So I guess it, it connects. Thank you. 
When you hear this song, do you conjure any images of being a teenager and going to the clubs? And what, yeah. what was that like? What was teenage queer Rami like <laughs> at that point? I am. Um, I think that I started going out in London in Soho when I was about 16. And I'm quite amazed that I managed to get into these clubs. And I don't know if you could these days, but Oliver and I used to go together. And there's one specific club, it's called Ghetto. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was on Thursday nights, they had a night that we always went to. And I ended up meeting some of my really close friends there. And I felt, I found a community there and made me feel kind of less alone. And I just, I really loved it. You know, I, I was very shy when I was a teenager and being in that space kind of made me be able to be sort of just like, surrounded by the music and the dark lights and I could just feel a bit more confident than maybe if I was just sort of standing in the daylight. And yeah, just the music and the, the entire kind of experience of it was really impactful for me. And in terms of DJing, I used to go there a lot and eventually someone who worked at the club said, do you want to DJ? And I was like, well, I, I can't, I don't DJ. And he gave me a lesson and it was very basically it's like fade the song in fade the song out and right I'm very grateful for that opportunity because it gave me a taste of what it's like to share music with a crowd and feel the reaction and because I couldn't mix I used to play songs that had a big impact so you press play and it's you know, like small town boy a Bronxky beat where like everyone goes oh or like Hadaway what is love you know these songs that you press play and everyone's like oh I love this song so those kind of generous pieces of music yeah, I love that stuff still. And that's kind of what I love to do is like make people nostalgic and also feel quite happy. I read, oh, actually, maybe I heard you talk about this. You and the XX did a series on Apple Music called mm -hmm. Interludes, which is awesome. And Thank you. in your episode, which I think is episode three, there was one where you did it alone and you talked a lot about the queer clubs. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you revealed the first song that you ever played as a DJ. Yeah, God, I, you, I can't remember that. It was Erasure. Oh, um, yeah. A Little Respect. Yeah, that was a song that really takes me back to that time, for sure. I love that song. And again, yeah, straight away you press play on that song. I mean, in my experience, when I've done that, people go, yeah, this song, you know. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, For those that maybe are outside the queer community, mm -hmm. we want to welcome them in. Yes, welcome absolutely. to queer yes. culture. <laughs> <laughs> what can you share with our listeners about what that environment is like and the importance of having a space like a queer club? I think that my experience of queer clubs is that, you know, I love the eclectic mix my favorite is like when the queer community is there entirely you know it's a community feeling and people are interacting with each other and getting to meet each other and speak and feel really safe to do that and just talk about and be and like dance in the way that they feel the most comfortable because 
as much as I'm saying, yeah, things have progressed for me to be more comfortable. Like things still are really difficult for like loads of people. And like, even, you know, for me, I don't always feel comfortable being very visible in public with my wife. Like, yes, you know, there's times where you have to read the room a bit and you go into a queer space and it feels like, okay, like here I can kiss that person I love without sort of looking around. I just think it's so liberating and important to have that. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate of queer spaces but and clubs, but yeah, like I find the violence against them, like, you know, to just to sort of reference that, like so devastating. I think I've felt that particularly, you know, reading the news and, and hearing about what's what's happened in the US specifically, I guess it's just devastating, especially when places are so scarce in maybe those parts of the US. That is like, yeah, it's really, really sad. Thank you for bringing that up and underscoring that. And it's important to know. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I yeah. mean, I know it's not, I want to celebrate the positives, of course, but I think it's just like, it re-energized me to kind of realized how much I value those spaces and how much I want to try and do some things with this album to support those spaces and like protect them because it's like, it is so important. Big time. And... What's really exciting is that now you're creating or recreating that space in a live setting. Like, yeah. I think you played Coachella, right? Yes. Already? Mm -hmm. So can you share with us a little bit about what that experience was like bringing these songs to a live audience? Was there a similar feeling? And what did that do for you? Yeah. So I played Coachella and that was the first time I tried my new live show. I'd really missed singing. I've been DJing a lot, which I love. And I always, no matter the kind of situation I'm in, I always try and play music as well as trying to adapt to the room <laughs> or the festival. I love to play songs that are referencing the queer clubs and the, the kind of music I loved, you know, when I first started going out. And I like that that kind of is sometimes a little bit more playful and and like a bit, you know, some maybe might say it's cheesier or whatever than than some of what the other DJs are playing, but that's just what I love. So I always try and do it in a way that like just brings in a song as well as balancing it out with some other cooler stuff, I guess. So I realized that Share Believe was in the same key as my song Lifetime. So when I realized that, I was like, okay, I'm going to work on a show that I DJ for the first half and then I play some of Share Believe and can then mix into my live show. So like she's like the gateway for me uh, into that. <laughs> and I love that song. And so for Coachella, the transition into the live bit is share and then we do lifetime and then I'm singing live for the rest of the set. And I want to make it fun and like uplifting and emotional for everyone there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a banger. Now, I don't have a mixer, so... It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> and this was the first single, your first yep. solo single that you released. This is going back to 2020. Wendy, I yeah, say, I think so. Right? I think so. I get so muddled up with the years because of the pandemic, but yeah, it's yeah, it, it's going back a few years now. And 
this is not on mid-air, right? Yeah, it was a difficult decision because I really love this song and it feels very much part of the project. But I decided to just include more new music because I just wanted to share more new music. And I'm so grateful that Lifetime's out there and has been out there for a while. So yeah, I just decided to put a new song on instead. We have Rami Madley-Croft here of The XX and now coming with her solo debut in September called Mid-Air. You're listening to Shiro's and Queeros, a Pride Month <laughs> celebration, and I'm Carmel Holt. We have Rami Madley-Croft here on Shiro's and Queeros, our month-long Pride celebration. I'm Carmel Holt. Rami, it's so fun to have you here. We have a playlist of songs that you chose for Pride Month and talking about the new record. Where should we go next? I picked quite a lot of songs that like wouldn't normally appear necessarily in my DJ set, but just like are meaningful to me in terms of the artists and like had a really big impact on me in my life. I've picked everything but the girl because I have a really early memory of being in the car with my parents and hearing their song Missing, which is one of my favorite songs ever. And I just remember saying to my parents, oh, I want to hear that Missing song. And I think that Tracy Thorne's voice has been part of my memory forever. And it's someone I'm a huge fan of. And um, I don't mean to say this in a big headed way, because it's not something that I have consciously tried to do or think but when people have mentioned in the same breath my voice and her voice I'm incredibly flattered and I definitely don't think it's been a conscious effort to sound like her but I do think that she is just part of my subconscious and I think that this song Wrong is one of my favorites it's like when everything but the girl are sort of embracing electronic music and like embracing Tracy's voice and like electronic music and when that happens it's so good and there are some amazing remixes like Missing is like a remix and I love it when it's a remix as well but this one is on Walking Wounded and I really love it.
And this was actually the last album that they put out in 1996 before they took that super long hiatus. Another back. <clears throat> yeah. Listened it all to the new album. Piece. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I'm so excited that they're back and embracing electronic music again with that. And I'm um, yeah, I'm you know, I'm a big fan and I, I'm just really happy that they're still inspired to make music together. That's so cool. And um yeah, that song wrong that we just heard, I think that chorus is so good. Like it's so simple, but it's got so much in it. Like you could really just read into that and like connect to it in so many ways which is something I admire so much in songwriting. That simple lines that says a lot. Totally. It carries like an emotional punch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and another thing I admire about Tracy Thorne and Ben Watt, and have actually been kind of an interesting aspect to their career, is their relationship and how mutually supportive it is, but how careful they've been to keep their personal life and their relationship out of it. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that now after two decades that they've decided to come back out with something in their older years, mm-hmm. and especially for women, I feel like that's so hard to do. Yeah. And I love that they're doing it together. I feel that that gives that kind of extra mm-hmm. grounding and support. I think about what you have with your bandmates and yeah. the XX, you know, that you have kind of your little like built in gang. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I hopefully I, I don't want to wait that 20 years before we release <laughs> another album with XX. Right. But I do feel like we are family, me and yeah. Oliver and Jamie, and that is incredibly supportive and just like a really comforting feeling. You know, when we've got back into the studio recently, which we have been doing, and it's felt so nice after going off and doing these like separate projects, you know, and consciously I wanted to work with new people. Like I wanted to meet people and like hear learn and like just get new experiences to be able to bring back and then you know sometimes in those situations you feel nervous you feel out of your comfort zone which I wanted but then going back in the studio with Oliver and Jamie and just kind of being like ah hi like this is like a safe place I know you like we can be very vulnerable and very relaxed which I think we all kind of actually felt really nice about so I think there's a new appreciation for each other from doing these solo projects. They must have been excited for you. And I know that Jamie worked with you on at least one track, mm-hmm. right, on, yeah. on the new album? Yeah. yeah. They've both been really supportive. And I think that quite early on, we had a conversation together and sort of I said the reference point of what I wanted to do. And Oliver was really excited to hear where I took it. And, you know, Jamie's been really supportive about like just finding the right songs for him to work on and the songs that kind of I was like, I'm going like, to take this to other people and But no, Jamie's been amazing on a producer side, like just giving me the space to explore that and work with other people has been what I think I needed to do in a good way. And like for Enjoy Your Life, that's like such a song that's incredibly intrinsic to him and his skill set, like with the samples and everything. So I'm so happy that that song is on there too. This song has such a special story. Would you share with us? Definitely. The lyric, My Mother Says to Me, Enjoy Your Life, is a lyric by Beverly Glenn Copeland, who's an artist I really have grown to love so much. And I was introduced to his music by Robin, who is another artist I love so much. And she invited me to a gig of Glenn's. And I I just was blown away when I heard this song because... 
it's just so simple and direct and like the whole lead up to that lyric that he sings is all like really quite evocative like visual lyrics and then to end on this kind of very simple direct line and it's kind of like talking about like getting stressed out about stuff and getting in your head and and then and my mother says to me enjoy your life it's like so disarming that it's like life is short make the best of it all of these things that I really re resonate with I was so moved when I heard it and it instantly got me inspired to sort of think about how I didn't ever assume that I would be able to sing those words because they are his words so I wrote a song inspired by that and the fact that Glenn gave me his blessing to sing that and to sample his voice on the on the record is amazing and it's very important to me that I credit him because those words are very special but I tried to kind of encapsulate a bit of a balance the verses are kind of referencing having a weird time and like my version of kind of like getting a bit in my head and then trying to sort of summarize that feeling I had of when I heard the song of the kind of epiphany of like wait but remember like it doesn't matter so much like just try and be in the moment and enjoy what you have and i think that during the pandemic a lot of us got that message too of like enjoy your life and be sure to like maximize what you have like yeah. live fully you think about all the people that left their jobs or yeah i would love to get a statistic of how many people decided to come out yeah, totally. <laughs> during the pandemic because it gives you this feeling of like, oh my God, life is short. We just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to know that. And I hope that lots of people were able to make really positive changes from that experience. And I think for me, it's like a reaction to like dealing with grief and like my mum passing away when I was 11 and my dad when I was 20. So like I have had these moments where I've really understood like life is short and in those moments, it puts a lot of things into perspective in a way that I haven't really been able to articulate before. And in those moments, it's such clarity of like, life is so short, like I got to make the best of things. As I sort of similarly had in the pandemic, it really like gives you clarity. And then life carries on and things get busy and I kind of forget that clarity and get a bit in my head. And I think that those lyrics, my mother says to me, enjoy life, are the snap back into that clarity that I need as a reminder because I don't always have that for myself. So that's kind of what I wanted to share for myself as well for other people too. I could see people getting tattoos of that or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like a mantra. Oh, my friend to actually, in fact, before she knew that I'd made Enjoy Your Life, she had loved the Beverly Glenn Copeland song and got Enjoy Your Life tattooed. And then like two days later, I released the song and she was like, what? Oh my no God. No way. So now she's got this massive <laughs> tattoo that says Enjoy Your Life, which is amazing. It's great. Yeah, I could actually see myself getting that tattoo. Cool. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for that. Yeah. We have Rami Madley-Croft here with us on Shiro's and Queero's Pride Month celebration. I'm Carmel Holt. I was wondering, and feel free to say no if this isn't comfortable for you, but would you be willing to share with us your coming out story? Yeah, of course. I'm happy to share. So I, after my mom died, I lived with my dad and I think I must have been around 15 I think that I was dropping some quite big hints and I don't know if um, my dad was a very like quiet and like sensitive person and we shared a lot of like music and he was a very open-minded and like creative person. So mm. he used to work in the local library and he, one day he handed me a flyer for the LGBTQ 
um, <laughs> book fair and sort of looked at me and I looked at him and it was this kind of unspoken <laughs> sort of exchange of like a knowing look, which I am so grateful for. It was such a generous, subtle exchange. And I, I really appreciate that. And the, the kind of gentleness, it was gentle. Mm. And, um, and he didn't make me feel anything other than just sort of a look of like support and it wasn't like he didn't make a statement he didn't tell me what he thought he just shared information with me and I felt a lot in that <laughs> it's kind of it makes me really like moved when I think about that especially as he's no longer around but it's only something I acknowledged more as an adult wow that's so lucky like you're so yes so such a blessing I, I really you know? I really want to stress that I know how lucky I am in that way and I really the more people I speak to, the more I hear about and learn about, you know, and read, the more I can appreciate how lucky I am. And uh, my cousin is visibly out and like has a wife and, you know, she's really led the way for me in terms of like being queer and like just being herself. And I knew that my family, my aunties and like that side of my family were comfortable with her being like herself. And mm. so I knew that they would support me too. I'm very grateful for Lottie for that. And how about between you and Oliver? I was wondering this coming into this conversation. I was like, wow, the two of them were mates since they were three. Yeah. So when did the two of you confide in one another? I think that there was definitely, you know, like being in our like early teens, like, yeah, Oliver and I have been best friends since we were three. So I think I can remember like having a sleepover and then like sort of talking to him, like saying like, oh, I think I like girls and like, you know, and then <laughs> it just took us a bit of time. Like, I think I was a bit more sort of came out first. And then Oliver, I just remember like going for lunch with him and he was just being really like, I was like, what is going on? Like, you know, and then <laughs> he just was like, I'm gay. And I was like, I, I was like, cool. Like, I you know, I was kind of like, no big deal. Like I kind of knew, but like, I'm happy you said it, you know, because everyone's got to be ready in their own time. And like, we just carried on having lunch. You know, it was like, it was just, <laughs> it was nice to just like him. For, I, I was happy for him that he could just say it. And um, it was, That's it was amazing. sweet. And, and you know, I, I knew. <laughs> you knew, of course you knew. That's what most, that's what most people say. Like when you're like, well, I mean, what if I tell people that I'm queer? And they're like, well, actually most people will know already. Yeah. <laughs> like you think it's going to be a big deal to the rest of the world or yeah, people yeah. that are close to you, but most people will know already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have Rami Madley-Croft with us here on Shiro's and Queero's, a Pride Month celebration. I'm Carmel Holt. What should we play now? Yeah, I think Sade, she's one of my favorite artists ever. And just I picked this song Paradise just because it's it's one of my favorites. And I think that she has a quiet confidence that I really feel empowered by. She's not like shouting and like, you know, she's not in the social media and she's not she does her own thing. And I put this in because I think she was a huge empowering person, especially like in my 20s especially when I was with the XX and figuring out my self-confidence and stuff. And I don't know, I just love her voice anyway, but she's just like a really special artist to me.
I listened at one point to so much Sade that it was the only artist I listened to that I actually made a point where I reacted to that, where I actually started to DJ again because I was like, I need new music. And, and actually, like, it was a good thing because I, I wanted to challenge myself to, like, hear new music, react to new music, feel inspired. And DJing really does that for me. So I kind of think that she's an artist that represents, like, a time, like, a transition point for me of, like, being like, okay, Sade has made me feel, like, safe and empowered, and now I need something new. Rami, on this show, we talk a lot about not just the triumphs and celebrating being femme people in music spaces, but we also talk about some of the challenges and Mm -hmm. some of the things that make it different. And I'm always a little bit like on two sides of the fence about it, because on the one hand, it bothers me that music is still gendered at all, that it has to be like you're a female fill in the blank, singer, songwriter, DJ, producer, whatever. (laughs) But then it's also like, well, it's the same as saying you're a queer artist or whatever. Yeah. The representation really matters until it's normalized, until the playing field is equal. We have to call it out. We have to shine and amplify yeah. that. I know that part of the wonderful experience of making this record is the team that you built around you. Can you talk a little bit about the production experience of this album and the team of people that you brought in to make Midair? Yeah, totally. I think that it is a big conversation that I'm really interested in having and really interested in progressing because I think that I met and worked with some incredible producers and engineers on the process of making this album. And I'd only ever worked with Oliver and Jamie and a few other male like engineers. And so I was curious to be like, well, it'd be really cool to work with more women and just to be like, what's that like in the studio? And then as through speaking to you, some of these people it's kind of like they're like I don't want to just be here because I'm a woman I want to be here because I'm really good at what I do and I definitely wasn't just working with them because of that but I also wanted to like empower I wanted to make a point to like support other women and female identifying creatives so it's just an interesting topic to talk about because I guess like you said until the playing field is equal kind of have to sort of like label and sort of gender things even though I it goes against how I feel because I just want it to be equal so much and it's not and it's like really annoying (laughs) so it's a little bit challenging I found that interesting I learned a lot and I worked with some brilliant people and in the end you know the album is produced by Stuart Price and Fred again and myself and Jamie and you know so I did want to work with more people than that but in the end the people that I felt unconnected with for this particular style of music just happened to be those people and I kind of was like I have to reach the place where I feel comfortable to be like it's just who I connected with on a human level for this project and I'm so happy that I met so many incredible creative people along the way and I can't wait to work more with them on different projects that just really ignited my passion for like collaboration and like I'm wanting to support other artists and especially other women and like level out the balance because it's just like you know it's just frustrating it's a topic that comes up literally every conversation these days and we do an exercise at the end which you and I will do before we close called the Shiro's magic wand where basically I'm like here's the wand (laughs) you have the power to change anything what would you change? And Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody should, I I need an intern for this, listen to all of the magic wand wishes that women and queer people have come on the show and (laughs) said, because mostly it's 
can we please have more people in tech and engineering and producers and yep. crew that are femme? Yeah. Because it's hard. And we also have to be so intentional. Mm-hmm. And that feels hard. Yeah. And our own internal stuff is like, oh, our defaults or it's a lot to unpack. Like what feels comfortable? What feels safe? What feels legit? You know, yeah. we have all that stuff to deprogram too. So yeah. I think having more and more high level femme producers and mm-hmm. engineers will kind of help to move that needle along, I definitely, think. Definitely, definitely. Definitely. I just, that's great to know so many people are wanting for that for their wish. You know, I think there is so, when I, most people I speak to, most, you know, no matter gender or anything, like people want that. And I, I agree mm-hmm. that it would all be better, but I think it, it's involved. It takes like, like you said, until we're there, it does take a bit of I don't know how you said it. You said it really well. It just like, you know, it just, it takes <laughs> intentionally, a bit, intentionally, yeah. yeah, intentionally highlighting these differences to make them not differences, hopefully in Anymore. the future. Yeah. But I hope just by leading by example and like hopefully more, yeah, more girls, people are just getting more confidence to be like, I can do it too. And I guess by having more people just, they see as role models, then I guess you can, even without shouting about it so much, if you can see someone doing what you want to do, it kind of gives you that inspiration. We have Rami Madley-Croft here with us on Shiro's and Queeros, a Pride Month celebration. I'm Carmel Holt. What was it like putting down the guitar? Did you still write songs on the guitar for this album? How did that work? It was a conscious decision. I love the guitar. The guitar is the reason I started to sing. I used to play drums. That was my first instrument. And then my dad always had acoustic guitars at home and so I played drums when I was 11. When I was about 13, I sort of picked up the guitar and I was like, oh, this actually comes way more naturally to me. And I started very secretly writing songs on the guitar. And I didn't really want anyone to know that I was singing, that I was doing any of this. So I was whispering quite a lot, which has kind of influenced this sort of early style of me singing with the XX. And then the guitar has been a kind of a, a safety blanket for me throughout my musical journey to the point where being on stage I felt like if I had the guitar on I felt more comfortable to move it felt like you know just protection and then for this album I was kind of like okay what happens if I put it down and I kind of that felt quite symbolic in terms of everything you know like putting myself out there more working with new people singing in a bit more out (laughs) outwardly being more vulnerable and honest with what I'm actually still singing about and playing at Coachella singing live for the first time without a guitar was scary (laughs) and made me feel really like (laughs) self-conscious to just be like dancing and moving in a way that is new and um, there's like pepperings of the the guitar on a couple of songs on the album but it's more of a detail and I wanted to make it a conscious thing because I think that my particular sound I love to make with the guitar is very much linked to the XX for me And as much as I want to own that as just like my own sound or whatever, it just feels like to me that is the sound I bring to the XX. And um, I wanted to miss it, same as I wanted to miss Oliver and Jamie. So now when Oliver and I and Jamie and I have been writing songs again and I pick up the guitar and I put that sound on, feels really exciting to go there again. So I definitely will go back to the guitar, but it feels nice to have a break. 
that all makes so much sense. And how cool that you're pushing yourself to new growth edges. You're challenging yourself. Other people may just kind of rest on their laurels and, yeah. you know, do what's comfortable. And you're not doing that. And it is so symbolic. Oh, thank um, you. I album, don't know. It's one know? of those things where I was sort of like, why am I doing this? <laughs> it's like something <laughs> internally, like, just is like drawing me to like try new things. But, you know, it's, it's not always as easy as on paper being like, I'm going to try something new. It's like, actually, it feels really daunting and like, you feel really naked. And But I think that also feels exciting. And I think that I'm grateful to have the opportunity to have these new challenges. Definitely. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know if you're an astrological person, but it also makes sense for your Saturn return. Yeah. I'm just going to sure. throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. I had a big change for my Saturn yeah. return. It felt like everything changed in my life. And I'm so glad it did. I've got a friend going through her Saturn returns right now. And she was like, we need to have a conversation about this because everything's changing. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I relate to that so strongly. Rami Madley-Croft here with us on Shiro's. It has been so much fun to have you here. What does pride mean to you? I think that pride as in feeling proud can be like a quieter personal experience. And I guess I kind of referenced that and love her about having those moments for yourself and feeling proud. And I also love that by having that internal feeling and feeling confident within yourself to then go out to a space and feel very visibly proud. And that's sometimes a bit of a quiet personal journey you need to go on to get there. And then getting to a pride, which my first one I went to was Manchester Pride in the UK. And, you know, I just got there and was like, my mind was blown. You know, it's just so many queer people, so many people being really exactly who they are. And that was really life-changing. And I think that it can be a really amazing experience for someone who is coming out as well as like a sort of like introduction to like the scene and like feeling that you're not alone. Look at all these people. Look at all these people that can support you because I guess it can feel lonely in that process. And I, I do love it. And obviously it can be a lot of fun. <laughs> and, you know, I think I feel conflicted and a lot of people I speak to feel conflicted about pride and big corporate companies being like pride month for this bank and like I think I feel conflicted about that when I see it at the same time I'm kind of like okay cool <laughs> like it is way more visible than like when I was coming out like I didn't see this bank with a queer flag on it so I don't know that again as I feel with the like gender equality totally. balance I feel conflicted because I am happy that there is more visibility and I have in terms of like visibly showing support I just I hope it's genuine and I hope that those brands really do support some sort of part of the community in a positive way after June. Right. Not just virtue signaling that like, hey, we support gay people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and Target, go get yeah. your rainbows. Exactly. Or yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, but yeah, how do you feel about it? Well... I'm going to say that this year is a very special one for me because I have never been publicly out. People who are close to me, yeah. no. And some more than others. Like, obviously, my gay friends, no. And it wasn't a conscious thing. I just never really talked about it. Mm -hmm. I never really was like, this is who I am. Yeah. And I'm about five minutes away from being 50 in a Oh, my God. Of... Oh, wow. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Which is really funny. So I have mixed feelings also because all the coming out stories that I hear are from teen years. Mm -hmm. Like it's very unusual to hear about Absolutely. somebody in midlife 
yeah. having their own coming out party. So anyway, oh, that's so it's so a very exciting. special oh, Pride a, Month for me. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm I'm so pleased for you that you feel like ready to like share that. And I'm very excited for you. Oh, thanks. I think it's great, you know, but I also like I'm in the job of creating space for other people. So yeah. I always hesitate to like make it about me. No, but I, 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 <laughs> but, I just, thank, but thank you for asking the question. Of that course. Was awesome. No, I, I want to hear your perspective, too. It's a conversation. And like, how are you feeling about going to Pride celebrations? I have a weird feeling about it because I also have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, and I have mixed feelings about, yeah, the corporatization of it and the commodification. It's Mm -hmm. just like our capitalist society just wants to make it into. But I also feel like it would be such a incredible experience. And I would feel more of a sense of community. And I don't know if I'm going to go to New York and do the big pride thing. Mm -hmm. There's some smaller things that are happening around here that I might just dip my toe into. We'll see. Oh, that's exciting. I think that London pride has become like quite a big, and I I wonder if New York pride is like that too, but it has become that kind of big, more corporate related event. Yeah. And um, just after lockdown, I, I went with my wife to Trans Pride in London. It was much more like a, a smaller at that time Pride and like a lot more of a protest. And it was a people reminding each other that Pride was started as a protest. And mm-hmm. it was a really powerful day. And like I went to Brighton Trans Pride last year and it's just like a very different vibe. It's not sponsored and it felt very special. And I think that supporting the more smaller Prides and like the not just the main big one is something quite special and like has led to more meaningful connections as well. So I think, yeah, I hope you have a great time wherever you go. Thank you. What are you going to do this year? How are you going to celebrate? um, I've got lots of different prides in my calendar this year. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm DJing at a few different ones in Europe and I'm, yeah, I I just want to find ways to like support different ones and go to someone's with my friends and learn and like speak to people and like it's cool just everyone's experience so different like hearing that would be your first time going out being openly out and like that's really cool you know it's that's interesting to me rather than just talking about myself so thanks for sharing that with me (laughs) oh my gosh it was my pleasure and honor let's go out with a song and the shiro's magic wand so rami If I gave you the Shiro's magic wand, what would you like to see change in music spaces for women and queer people? Okay, this is a huge question. And thank you for uh, for giving me the opportunity to answer it. I'm excited for the labels to not be necessary. And it just to be like, you are a producer, you are an artist, you're a DJ, and you're really good. And I want to work with you because you're just amazing. And I'm not bothered or influenced in any way by your gender or sexuality or any of those elements you're just like I love what you're doing you're cool let's make some music and that's to me like how I try and live and like like to collaborate with people but it is as we know not the case so I really hope that we can get there and I think there's lots of like amazing people that want that so I, I think I feel positive. Should we go out with another track from Midair? I think we have to play strong. You learn to carry this on your own. Let me be someone. Anything you want to tell us about Strong? This song, it was kind of like a quiet feeling of something that I've gone through, like 
internalizing how I feel and like just trying to put on a brave face and, and like be fine and then realizing that I'm you know actually sort of again it's a bit of a reminder like enjoy your life just to be comfortable sharing and comfortable opening up about how I feel about grief and or just about anything that's going on and an invitation I guess to be open and I've known how that as I've gotten older sharing and being open about how I feel has helped me and has helped me feel lighter and connect people and has helped me process Rami Madley Croft, thank you so much for joining us for Shiro's and Queero's, (laughs) our Pride Month celebration. Thanks once again. Thank you so much for having me. Many thanks once again to Rami for being with us for this very special Pride Hour for Shiro's and Queero's, our month-long Pride celebration, Mid-Air. Her solo debut is out September 8th on Young. Shiro's is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. Shiro's is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit shirosradio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro's shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening.